0: I bet, like, early medical texts were like, all right, this is the first volume of things that you should do, and these other five are the things you should never do. Mm. Like, just stop doing most everything. That's killing yep. you. Yep. But I... It's killing you. But I didn't say it's killing you.
1: Yep. <laughs> are you stuffing things up yeah, your butt again? Yeah. I
2: wouldn't say stuffing. <laughs> yeah, no, it goes right in. It was no trouble. No trouble at all. No trouble at all.
0: <laughs> well, actually, there we have an issue. I think we've traced the source of the smell.
2: <laughs> right. Another case
0: of non-closing rectum solved.
2: Yeah, There's a, the first thing is get your finger out of there. Don't or your finger doesn't belong in there. That's it. That's another common one. Chapter two: your finger doesn't belong in there. <laughs> <laughs> Almost Anywhere, Chapter 3. <laughs> 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 Professor <Yeah>. Killjoy's <laughs> medical textbook here. Well, I was going to sing I Am a Pomp and Circumstance and start this off with my entrance music, but, <laughs> <folks with. laughs> Hello, Captain Travis. What do you know about pro wrestling? Probably not shit, but you came to the right place today. Why would you want to know about something that you don't even care about? Maybe you should care about it. So, I, got, I will say, pro wrestling, you know that there are, you know, huge athletes and big, extreme, you know, uh, stunts, feats of, feats of athleticism, and you probably know they have big, crazy storylines, like a soap opera or something. Maybe, like... um, Just, you know, mistaking your manager for a mop, uh, or um, fighting a match with another wrestler to settle a custody battle, um, or the boss of the company exploding in a limo. Um, That's happened. Yeah, all three of those are real storylines from (laughs) the WWE. Um, (laughs) Yes. But as crazy as those are, the truth is far crazier, if you ask me. As crazy as the truth is. (laughs) Because <laughs> all those things were true. <laughs> those are well, all
0: those
1: true. Those are the but... made-up
2: storylines. They're things that really goes on in wrestling, which is a tra- crazy carnival sideshow. The real things that go on are much crazier and, I think, much more interesting. Um, sometimes you can, and you, there's tons of this stuff on YouTube, there are videos where wrestlers will talk about you know, their experience either backstage or... Or traveling around city to city to put the shows on, or real weird things that happened. they are called shoot videos. So shooting is um, kind of talking shit uh, or telling the truth. Grant, telling the truth. Shoot means real. Shoot means real. Okay, so so they'll tell what's really going on with the with with the wrestling stuff, and I I've gone down rabbit holes and I can't believe it, or I hear these crazy stories, and I would you know uh, text Grant like Grant. You ever hear this story? Isn't that crazy? And and he also clued me in. He smartened me up. Huh? Yeah, uh,
3: that's wrestling turn. Yep.
2: Grant smartened me up that, hey, maybe you can't always trust those things either.
0: <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: <laughs> because mm-mm. so maybe the shoot videos yeah. themselves are always true. So you're you're telling me that
0: shoot means
3: truth, but they're not. Shoot means they're pretending to tell the truth. Certainly some of them are. Some of them oh. think they are, and some of them just definitely are not.
2: Everyone has heard a story. It's like Rashomon in some ways, right? There, see, that's the highbrow part. Now right. we're done, and it's all fart jokes mm-hmm. from here on out, bitches. So, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, they might think that they're telling the truth, or they're telling their version of it, where maybe they leave out things that make them look stupid or something like that. So, But they they might have some angle why they wouldn't want to tell all the truth. But today, free legal advice, we got Grant. Truth's coming out. Is going to shoot... On all of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he has no he has no gimmick, no angle. There's nope, no reason. None of those. He has no history or beef with anyone else. Nope. I hate everyone. He hates them all. <laughs> so we are going to ask him questions about pro wrestling. And Grant is going to tell you. And maybe by the end of this, uh, you will uh, say, what the hell is going on with this crazy carnival sideshow? Uh, or... You will have turned it off and listened to another podcast. But listen (laughs) to it next week if you don't like the rest of this one. Whatever. So, uh, Matt, why don't you ask Grant a question about pro wrestling?
1: Well, I'll ask you uh, one A, B, and C on my list. Do you know it's fake? Do they know it's fake? And is it fake? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, and no.
3: (laughs) So... People have known that wrestling is fake for a long time. You can find newspaper articles from the 20s who were like, So, this stuff is clearly fake, right? Spoiler Uh, alert. The percentage of like really hardcore fans who know that it's fake has gone up over the years. Let's just say that. There definitely, definitely have been, uh, you know, people, grown adults, not just children, who thought it was real, including people who worked in the wrestling business. Themselves. There's lots of stories of, like, first-time wrestlers who think that it's real, and they start training, and they're like, wait. And so, some of them even get through training because they were so secretive about the business. They didn't want to, you know, give away anything. Mm-hmm. And so, when it came to someone's first match, they're like, okay, you're losing. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> what <are you laughs> like, they thought they were going out there to battle yeah. their opponent. Uh, yeah. And they're told, like, on the way to the
0: ring, by the way, it's, all, it's not real. Okay, yeah. now think for a second. Think for a second. You're the professional on the other end, and you're like you hyped in. You're walking in, and you see the other guy getting an argument. You're like, oh fucking no! Oh no, he's gonna hit me as hard as he can with the chair. He doesn't understand. He doesn't. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, right. It's like it's like you're driving the old timey cars at Cedar Point on the little rail,
1: and someone else has like a like a four wheeler like like revving it at you. Like, no, 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 no. This isn't how this is gonna work. <laughs> so my my follow up, and this I get could probably be a complicated answer, maybe not, but like so in in the a case where both wrestlers know that it's fake, right? um how does how does a match work? like how much of it is like choreographed? Is there like an outline? Do they go, okay, i'm gonna do they practice the match ahead of? you know like how does that work?
3: That has changed over the years uh, in the old days, they knew the finish. They knew who was going to win. They might have known how they were going to win, like via what maneuver.
1: and when you say old days, what, what era?
3: Going through, certainly through the 60s and 70s, that's pretty much all they knew. For basically any match, who's going to win, how long are you going to wrestle, that's it. Uh, In the 80s, they started uh, planning out a couple spots here or there, uh, but it was still largely uh, choreographed, uh, improv I should say. Yeah. Um, 90s got a little bit more planned out. Nowadays, almost everything is planned out, like just to like a meticulous degree, and it that's a def uh, an area of uh, you know dispute of a dispute between the like yeah. old school fans and new fans and old school wrestlers and new wrestlers who are like there's no it's not organic it doesn't feel real you know this everything feels so planned because they're already like ducking the blow before their blow even yeah. comes and that sort of thing so
1: like a bad action movie where they're clearly everything's moving fast, but it's because they practice this 50 times and it doesn't, it doesn't actually look like they're fighting. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. You can see also like uh, how hard it is to do an improv scene of any
2: kind. And now one that looks like a realistic fight, an improv fight. Hey, that's some tough shit. So you can also think people who came from that era would be like these fucking Mm -hmm. idiots today. Any dipshit can do, you know, so that that's part of that as well. Yes. Okay.
0: Here's, here's part of my question. What I like about uh, the old-timey wrestling I watched was um, to communicate these moves instead of just like in the moment, like somehow it happening. They'd be like, "See my chest where your foot could go," and they'd like tap their chest a <laughs> couple times, and it, it ends up being like a mocking thing of like, "Oh, I bet you couldn't do a flip off my back. Oh, I bet if I caught you, <laughs> <then> you'd <laughs> land on your neck. Let's try." Like there was, it was part of the bravado. <laughs> Uh, which I thought worked, you know, because it was, like, slow, like, you know, like, my neck a chop, and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. it happened. There
3: are, there are different ways of uh, communicating. Usually it's just, like, hide your mouth and kind of speak low. Yeah. Sometimes it's, like, a, you know, it's, like, a physical sort of thing where they'll, like, especially with tag team partners, like, who know each other really well. You know, like, if I just sort of, like, take a step or something, well, okay, I know I'm supposed to throw the guy, and then he's going to do that. Like, they're just really, really subtle things you can communicate a lot. Um, there's a, a story that I've heard about some really old, uh, <laughs> wrestler who is, uh, the guy who goes like tackle, drop down, hip toss. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then tackle, drop down, hip toss. So, like he j- he had, what? He keeps saying it louder and louder. And eventually a guy in the front row goes, he said tackle, drop
2: down, <laughs> hip toss. <laughs> Cause this guy was like 60 and basically deaf. And, like, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's hearing those stories of like saying it in the ring. It was fascinating. Like I wanted to go back and watch some old matches to see if I could ever catch anything. Like some of the stuff that was WWF on TV that I had watched as a kid.
3: If you know what to look for, uh, you can. There's definitely stuff you can see. Uh, I know for sure there was a match with uh, Ric Flair where he lost the title, and he's getting in the ring and he's super mad because he lost the he lost the title and he's yelling at the ref, and he. He, the ref is not getting whatever he's saying because he's not actually saying I can't believe blah 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 he's trying to like tell the ref what to do because you know mm-hmm. the, they, mm-hmm. they can't hear uh,
2: yeah. and
3: the ref's not getting it and finally because he's trying to kind of do it under his breath and finally he just puts his hand over his mouth and screams <laughs> raise his hand and then he raises the other guy's hand and then that really like makes mad, and, yeah. oh god <laughs>
0: So this this brings up an actual question of mine: Is there like a, okay when you, um, is there like a, a path to wrestlerhood? Like if you want to race like uh, like NASCAR F one, you start in like a go kart circuit, right? And you work your way up, you know. Uh, or like uh, if you want to learn a craft, you start as like an apprentice and then a journeyman and then you become a master. Is there some like level aside from just like the the, the TV stuff and the stuff that goes on at like a, a circuit like a fair? Uh, like, what's the rank? What's the cursus of that you go up to? Uh, it's
3: similar. It is show business. And so you use that as a model where it's like, well, how do you become a movie star? Uh, it's, it's not really a ladder to climb. It's uh, a... You, you start out... <laughs> yeah, I was about to uh, say, try not to gag. <laughs> yes. You start out uh, doing it on a very small local level in front of no one for no money forever. <laughs> and then maybe... Uh, you get noticed by the right people and get brought up to the big leagues where you can make real money and do it in front of actual fans.
0: Is it like um? Is it like when I go to see like my friends do improv? I was like, oh, this is intolerable because you like everything starts with well, yes, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so is there like a wrestling one hundred one where it's doing the thing I was saying earlier, like my chest? There's no way you could kick it. Yeah,
3: there. <laughs> I bet yeah. I could.
0: I mean, kick my chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: there's. Uh, yeah, it's. Surprisingly, not surprisingly, at the lower levels, uh, it can be kind of rough. But, I mean, there's there's some, you know, different kind of things that happen down there because there's no cameras and there's no stakes. So, you know, you can see a different type of product. But, yeah, it's not the best people in the world.
1: Grant did mention uh, you said the wrestler was 60 years old at that point, couldn't hear. So one thing I wanted to know is, like, so these guys are putting their body through physical torture as a profession, Yes. Uh, are generally hopped up on all kinds of drugs, uh, mm-hmm. legal and pre- performance enhancing and otherwise. Uh, they're known to cut their face with razor blades so they can yeah. bleed. Like, is there an end game, or is there is there an example of wrestlers who have lived to a healthy old age and enjoyed themselves, or is it like every story end in like, mm-hmm. oh god, that guy's no, that's a, a heap? Definitely of...
3: not uh, only bad stories. There's lots okay. of bad stories, but. Jerry the King Lawler is in like his seventies. He still wrestles like every weekend, oh God, uh, really he doesn't do much, but he's in decent shape and yeah he's he's still re- he's like, I will wrestle until they stop paying me to wrestle like as long as like as long as I can do it, and as long as someone wants me to do it, I will do it and he's uh in you know very good health and has no you know kind of problems or anything and, yeah.
1: Where is he wrestling at? Uh, is he in
3: local WWE? Place. He's not. he he does uh, commentary, or occasionally he does commentary for WWE, but uh, he just wrestles in random local places. Gotcha.
2: So speaking of interactions with regular people, uh, which we sort of were, but also on the the idea of is it fake or is it not fake? So I liked hearing some stories about fans that, especially you know, this is the pre uh, Hulk Hogan kinds of days. Okay. Um, where there's still many different territories and it's kind of like a local thing. There's some local TV and so on. But anyway, fans are not smart. Many of them uh, believe the storylines and there's a Mm -hmm. heel or the bad guy and the fans really hate him. They really hate him. There were stories of cops pulling them over and stuff and being like, what the hell did you do to so-and-so last week? And it's like, what the fuck? I, 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 I was fascinated. But what happens sometimes with this, with wrestlers who drink a ton... And fans who hate them and believe it's real, there are altercations between fans and wrestlers. Sometimes at the event, sometimes at a bar afterwards. Mm. Grant, what are what is a crazy story or a story that comes to mind when you hear this of a crazy altercation? Uh, I just heard one recently on a podcast, so it's now ours.
3: Um, <laughs> it's Ar- a wrestler, ours Anderson, yeah, uh, Arn Anderson, famous heel, a mm-hmm. uh, famous bad guy. He. There was some place, uh, I think it was maybe in Florida. It was somewhere in the south. Um, That's mostly where he was wrestling. And uh, they would do loops where certain cities, they're hitting every week. Like, every Tuesday, they're in, you know, uh, Savannah or whatever. And so, in those places, like, the same people are showing up every week. And they're usually sitting in the same spots. And so, they get to know a lot of the fans, like... Uh, uh, and there was this one old lady who she just hated all the bad guys so much but she loved the good guys so much and she would like bake cookies and stuff and go to like the back door and bring them to the the good guys and oh, wow. of course Arn Anderson's like I never got any of those cookies because she <laughs> <laughs> he hated me and he was uh, she would always sit in the front row and he uh, he was outside the ring you know doing something nefarious to a good guy and she like takes her handbag and just like s- like swings it and hits him on the back with it or something. And he's like, "Well, we all loved her, and so mm-hmm. yeah. I sold it like crazy." He like he like you know just acted like he got shot, just went down like a ton of bricks. And then after the show, they're backstage, and she came to the back door to apologize for hitting him so hard, and she brought him some <laughs> like
1: cookies or something.
2: Uh, okay, that's yeah. that is a, a nice story and a good yes. interaction. A story that I think of is a bar fight... So, Haku, uh, you might remember him as a kid. There are some wrestlers who are crazy, legit badasses, and sometimes just because they're unhinged, and Haku is both. Um, So, he was a total fucking badass, like, clear-the-room bar brawler. Um, Well, once some good old boys or some drunk dudes were, you know, wrestling's fake, you're a fake motherfucker, you can't do anything... And pretty much without much of an escalation, more of like a zero to 60, he went up and bit the guy's nose off. (laughs) Yeah. What? He bit his nose off, and he still talks about it as like, hey, I bit that fucker's nose. He got sued and, you know, all this stuff. He bit a motherfucker's nose off. That's nuts. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) We call that the nuclear option.
3: (laughs) A very common question for wrestlers is like, who is the toughest guy? Yeah, Almost every single one of them will say Haku. Almost yeah. every... Well, they'll, they'll just wow. go straight to him. He's always <laughs> on the list. A lot of these stories are exaggerated and there's made-up stuff, but, like, if even
2: half of it is true, he's the most, like, crazy tough psycho <laughs> of all time. Grant, give me three tough guys and three guys who were definitely not tough. Well, Haku,
3: for sure. Yeah. Uh, everyone said Dr. Death Steve Williams was a... Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, his name was Dr. Death. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another, like, super tough guy. I mean, uh, The Undertaker didn't get in fights, but that's because everyone fucking knew not to do that. Uh, Rick Rude. Uh, Rick Rude also, yeah. He's, Famous for he fighting. He was more, uh, more, unha- more, less professional than The Undertaker, let's say. <laughs>
0: Let me ask. Okay, great. Here's a, here's a question now that we're into the names. Um, when it comes to the names, who do you think was the most aptly named and the least aptly named? Hmm. Well, I mean, Hulk Hogan, dude's a Hulk. Yeah, Andre the Giant. (laughs) Oh, Uh, this is the era that I understood. Like, I could tell which one hacksaw Jim Duggan was. Yes, (laughs) he had a
3: two by four. Andre the Giant. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 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 yes You are
2: accurate. Ah. Inaccurate. Hakeem the African Dream was a white guy. Hakeem. Hakeem. Sorry, the African Dream.
3: Yes, he was a big fat white guy. Yeah. Uh, they were probably making fun of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but
1: he was, yeah, he was uh, confused. So two part question on the same topic. First part is, is there like a wrestling vocabulary word for one's character or backstory or whatever? Like Gimmick. Your, like, that's your gimmick. Okay. Uh, then the second part of that is, what's the most racist gimmick? Oh, uh, oh, there's a lot. <laughs> oh, there's They're a the lot. List. Top, top okay, three. Yeah.
3: yeah, so like, there, there's Akeem, was from deepest, darkest Africa. Yeah. Uh, but he's a big, Matt fat, white asked, guy. Matt just asked, what
2: is the roundest baseball? Which of the baseballs is <laughs> last the roundest?
3: Uh, probably the most racist. I mean, there's so, so many. Probably the most racist has got to be Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Because uh, he would come out with a giant, like, African, like, mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, when I say African, I mean it looks like African to someone from Memphis. Because someone from Memphis <laughs> took some pieces of wood and painted, like, a big face on it. Yeah. Uh, and he's, like, wearing a loincloth and has crap, like, you know, it on he's him. a savage and he eats people. Yes, like he's a. <laughs> Yeah, and he had, like, a handler because he's so savage and wild, yeah. and oh,
2: my God. Oh, my God. For a yeah. second place, I would go with every Asian one from the 80s uh, and earlier, for sure. Um, there's many,
3: many yeah. Asian ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a... So, so in the 2000s, there was uh, a tag team called the Mexicools who <gasps> rode to the ring on lawnmowers. <laughs> now, apparently, <laughs> wow, that's I have spicy. not seen this. Apparently, it was them being mad at like being stereotyped or something, and so then they're like leaning into it to be like, oh, this okay. is what you... Okay.
2: I think, but it probably didn't really come off that way because wrestling <laughs> right. doesn't do right. subtlety very well. Right. I'm going to take another <laughs> drink because that was spicy.
3: That may that have been in the <laughs> intent, but again, yeah. wrestling does not do subtlety. It's yeah. theater. It's
1: big, broad movements. Theater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the... um. Well, I guess I would say favorite because uh, best is subjective. What's your, what are your favorite tag teams or what are the best tag teams of all time?
3: Oh, uh, boy. Well, there's, uh, there's different eras of, uh, of the great tag teams. In the 80s, you would say uh, either like the Rock and Roll Express, anyone from the South would say Rock and Roll Express instantly. Which is who? Ricky Morton and uh, f- the other guy. Robbie, Scotty, something. (laughs) But either way, Rock and Roll Express, uh, they were two southern dudes, uh, had big old mullets. And uh, because everyone in the 80s and early 90s had a mullet, Uh, but they were just like. It was, it was like the Beatles where they're just like beating off the women as they're like screaming and trying to get like, <laughs> yeah, it is ridiculous, but, uh, everyone loved them and, and they were, uh, they were great. Okay. Um, maybe like a more modern tag team. Uh, the new day is a current day tag team. They are fucking great. they they are a three person tag team. Mm. Uh, they operate by f- what they call Freebird rules which go back to the uh, the fabulous free birds who are speaking of racist gimmicks they, uh, they would <laughs> <laughs> they they, uh, they really love their confederate flag imagery let's just say that <laughs> oh, <laughs> now they okay. were heels but there was, that, it that's, was not <laughs> that's not why <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: not why that's let's talk about yeah 80s wrestling there was a group that <laughs> the whole thing was about Confederate flags, and that's not why they were the bad guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. uh,
3: but there were three of them, and any two of them uh, could wrestle in a tag team. And so there's always one who is like you know on the outside doing yeah. bad things or whatever. But also like there were all three of them were collectively the champions, and so it, and and that sort of made it unfair because well there's only two of them and whatever. But uh, the new day, it's three guys who were like. Really, really hilarious and creative. Uh, The one guy just started bringing a trombone to the ring. He did not know how to play it at all. He just figured out how to make a noise, and then eventually he learned a couple notes and stuff. But yeah, just brings a trombone. Uh, They're hilarious. Love it.
1: Great team. So I appreciate those answers, and they're not wrong answers, but they are wrong because, (laughs) Grant, (laughs) you just had, I teed you up to bring up (laughs) The killer bees, the killer bees, jumping Jim Brunzel and B Brian Blair. Yeah, the official tag team of free legal advice podcast. And you just and you whiffed on that one. Wow, the official tag team. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say I dropped that ball. I dropped the ball. That's my bad.
3: That's my bad. Uh, this is this is all about uh, it's all about
1: me and I fucked up there. I I have this is
3: I don't know what to
1: say. you also kind of answered another question I had. Was like, if I wanted, to, since I haven't watched wrestling in forever, if I wanted to name drop any modern day uh, wrestlers, so per, so I would sound like I know what I'm talking about. I can at least write down the New Day. Is like, oh yeah, yes. I love the the New Day. Yeah, they're, they're fun. Yeah. Who's like the who's who's today? Robert Gibson was the
3: other Rock and Roll Express man, guy. I can't believe I forgot that. Anyway, Maybe that's I'm why like, you didn't get to uh,
1: the okay. Killer Bees because I knew a certain percentage of your operating power was was going through uh, your memory. To <laughs> <laughs> it was like, who are these? No, that's the Midnight Express. They
2: were that was a completely different tag team. Yeah, that was Jim Cornette, and that was a story and I liked. Midnight he Express. had he has a lot of stories yes. and tons of shoot videos I used to watch. But like he, his gimmick as he was the manager. And he carried a tennis racket with him, and you know, of course, then he uses that foreign object and, and busts it on people. But he had stories of in the South, in certain territories like Louisiana or something like that, like where fans would be violent and yelling at him, and then him going into the crowd and whacking people with his tennis racket. And it's like God dang man, just like going into a crowd of people and swinging the tennis racket around.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that was pretty common. <laughs> who's,
1: who's the biggest face today? Who's the, who's the, the the who's
3: the good guy? Well. Probably I guess in WWE would probably be Drew McIntyre.
1: Really? Scottish Never guy. Heard
2: of
3: that name. Yeah. Um I'm so out of it. Roman Reigns was the top mm. good guy, but he's now a bad guy. Uh it's a pretty good bad guy too, but you know, whatever.
1: Okay. Oh, he's like truly Scottish. He wears a kilt and everything. Yeah, nice. he's actually
3: Scott. Yeah, he looks pretty he's pretty badass. I can get um, behind him. But uh
1: if Becky Lynch weren't still on uh maternity leave, it'd probably be her. Okay uh i'm a drew McIntyre I uh, long since been a drew mcintyre guy and, oh yeah uh and my favorite tag team is the new what was it, new age day. you were new born day. a new day fan
2: <laughs> you will die. It, <laughs> the new age outlaws
1: right. that's a different Great. that's a different so uh, grant there's <laughs>
2: um i think that what since things were like nationalized or like you know the wwe became a more national kind of thing or when it was wwf with hulk hogan and andre the giant and all this kind of stuff before that What is, like, a great story that most people don't know about or uh, either a a storyline, a story of a wrestler, a crazy thing that happened? What is a story from those pre-crazy days that you think everybody should know about?
3: Uh, That's a good question. Um, uh, Oh, shit, there was one that I just heard from Gerald Briscoe. It was about how... It was stuff about how... Basically before the WWF it like it was very the wild west. Like it was just sort of uh and this is this is what I was I meant but was still joking when I said like <laughs> is it real? <laughs> yes. Because uh like in the very, very old days, the champion had to be the legitimately best wrestler. Oh. Because otherwise Someone might just decide, fuck what I'm supposed to do. I'm just <laughs> going to pin this guy. Now I'm the champion, and everyone saw it. So deal with that. <laughs> so, like, Luthez was genuinely like, one of the best wrestlers in the world. And, okay. and that's, why he, yeah, that's why he was the champion. He had to be. But where I was going with that is uh, there was a story, and I don't remember any of the specifics, but Jack Briscoe was supposed to beat Harley Race. Uh, for the NWA World Title and Harley Race just kind of decided
2: fuck it I'm just he not going to show up too. I don't want to lose. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he was a very he was a great uh, when you see a tattoo on a guy from the 70s you're like whoa I <laughs> uh, am yeah. not going to fuck with that guy <laughs> yeah now it's like that guy probably you know sells me coffee and has like CDs that he wants to sell me or right. something sure. you know but back <laughs> uh, like then it's like jesus christ and it's not like beautiful art it's just like a picture of a thing on his arm yeah. and whatever it's it was it's a skull
0: uh-oh. <laughs> or it's like it, yeah, like, yeah, fuck! That's the era yeah. where no matter what the tattoo is, you're like, oh my god, what is that? And he's like, front of a building. You're like, fuck, we're fucked. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> oh, we're, we're screwed. Yeah, clip art. Yeah.
3: Uh, but he just decided, fuck it, I'm not showing up. And so then Jack Briscoe didn't win the title. There's no title to win. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way it worked. It was very, uh, like, you trust was a big thing, and... Uh, they wouldn't put the title on someone that they really couldn't trust but then sometimes uh that even then they do are crossed.
0: we okay there's you've buried the lead i love that our topic about wrestling was like you were like it was born out of trust <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah trust is uh, not only a bit of like who are you going to, who's going to be the the top guy and you know who's going to actually show up every you know every day to wrestle but uh, also you have to trust your opponent not to mangle you. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> I was just thinking, so you are I'm sure there are like genuine rivalries where just like any coworkers, uh, you mortally oh, yeah. hate each other, right? And absolutely. so like but yet as you are f- fighting them but not really fighting them, you have to like trust this dude that you absolutely hate because you're kind of your your health and well being is in their hands while they're pretending to beat you up, but like you know, if you're going for a certain move, they have to, like, go with it. You know, yeah. There's a real kind of a fucked up tango going on. Yeah. Very much so. Andre the Giant was famous for uh, if he didn't
2: like you, then he would be, let's say, extra hard and sit on you and really just beat the shit out of you. I think Macho Sa- Macho Man, he d- he wasn't a fan of. Um, yeah, he didn't like Macho Man for some reason. Trying to think of some other ones. Um he also shit on someone when he was sitting on them, uh, let out a major fart, and uh, and burnt some ass on him in the ring. I mean, yeah, it's a trust thing, and there's certain people that you wouldn't want to make enemies with. I would say. I believe Hacksaw Jim Duggan referred to that move as the mudslide,
3: because <laughs> <laughs> he's like he said, I just heard this yesterday. He was uh, wrestling wow. Andre for the first time, and. Uh, whoever Andre's tag partner was said like give him the mudslide and he's like what's that and then oh that's now I know I don't want it, that it, one it didn't involve getting he didn't actually shit on him that yeah. time at least you know that yeah. was that was probably like a one time thing but it was just you know giant French butt in your face and sliding <laughs> down you yeah
2: yeah the two worst Kid types of a butt
3: oh yes giant and French all that
2: coffee <laughs> come on Uh, back to Harley Race Uh, I heard a story uh, looking like thinking about what to ask about this uh, episode. Um, so there's different territories and different regional stuff, and you don't want someone coming and horning in on it. Like you, this you're the only band that's going to play in town, and then someone's taking all your spots. You know, so this this is no good. So the WWF starts getting real big and spreading in, and Harley Race is like fuck that. So he takes a gun and goes and meets. He's going to try to like meet McMahon and Hogan, and like pulls a gun on him, and. But then he doesn't really want to kill Hogan, and Hogan somehow slips out of this, squeaks over to a bar across the street or something. Then he was going to burn down the ring because, like, well, and I'll burn down the ring, and then they'll have no place to wrestle. And then eventually it was like, well, can I just work for you guys? And they're like, yeah, you can be in the <laughs> WWE. He's like, all right, never mind then. And then he just <laughs>
0: worked for the WWF.
1: So it's a, it's a cast of amazing characters here. Yes. So... Take a gun to Jeff Bezos' house, and then go. I don't really want to kill him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn down Amazon. Uh, can I just have a job here? <laughs> You're yeah. hired. I love your, love your gumption. Yes, and that's how you get hired as a driver.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was
3: worth it. It was totally worth it. Yeah. That's a joke. Yeah.
0: Oh, your resume here says you wanted to burn down my house and kill me. Got it. Got it. I love what we're seeing here.
2: Grant, U.S. isn't the only place with uh, pro wrestling. Japan and Mexico, it's pretty big too. Yes. What's a little, a little compare and contrast situation?
3: Uh, well, in Mexico, they wear you know the the masks. The masks are a big deal in Mexico, uh, and that's the thing. Like, the, inevitably, when Mexican wrestlers would come up to America, it'd be like, well, let's do a gimmick where like you get unmasked, and it's like. That's like you're basically saying, let's do a gimmick where we cut off your dick. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> no. What are you talking about? It's like, my whole thing, my dick. Because it just doesn't really mean
2: anything up here, but that's uh, extremely important. Uh, yep. Extremely
3: important down there.
2: <laughs> but I'm Ron the Dick smittabush, I mean, come on. I don't know why Smitterbush is my anyway. Uh,
3: in Japan, even still today, it's covered the same way that like professional sports are covered, and they have uh, like really post post like match interviews and like. Everyone, they, they, you know, they're not stupid. They understand yeah. that it's uh, fake, but everyone just plays along. The reporters play along. The people stay in character when they're doing that stuff, and uh, yeah, it's it's treated differently.
1: That that actually, for some reason, jogged my memory of another question. So, what are the best? What are what are some of your favorite? Um, again, maybe there's a vocabulary word for like I, I want to say gimmick, but now I know that's another thing. A gimmick type of match where you have a, a cage match or a ladder match. Gimmick or the-
3: is uh, sort of like wrestling Smurf. It can mean a lot of different <laughs> things. And it would it, you would exactly call this a gimmick match. It would yeah, be a okay. gimmick match. Uh, there was a wrestler, Paige, who was on the Conan O'Brien show a few years ago. And she was referring to her fake tits as the gimmicks. So, like, it's, <laughs> it, it's anything. It, okay. it can okay. be anything. Okay. Uh, but a gimmick match. Or what was your question about
1: gimmick matches? Uh, what are just some... You know, g- great historical oh, gimmick oh, matches.
3: Boy. So the 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 classic standard gimmick match would be like a cage match.
1: Yeah, they put a cage over the ring, and you, there's nowhere to run. Is that just the gimmick? Yes.
3: Well, uh, the Southern cage match is, you know, this is the only way to settle it. No one in, no one out. Get you know, wrestle. The,
1: the Memphis cage match is a little more vinegary, whereas the Carolina cage <laughs> match is uh, a little <laughs> sweet. <It's pit> cages. <laughs> yeah. The open pits. <laughs> uh, in the North though, it was
3: like, uh, escaping the cage is an option. And that's sort of to the, to the Southern purists are like, it defeats the purpose of the cage match. And that's a thing they still yell about now. But, uh, cage match is a classic. There were so, so many just silly, uh, like gimmicks and, in, in especially like, uh, what you would consider like hot shotting the territory, like because that that was that's a term, meaning like, well we just we quote we squeezed too hard and now it's all just sort of fell apart, like we we did too much, and now no one's gonna come back because it's just uh, we put we jumped the shark basically nowhere to go from here. But, yeah, but there was a a match that <laughs> I've heard of. Uh, I think Jim Ross, a wrestling announcer, talked about this one where it was Ted DiBiase and someone else in a Cage match, loser leaves town, uh, tuxedo match, meaning you have to rip the guy, the other guy's tuxedo off, and also coal <laughs> miner's glove match.
1: What? So there's, there's also a coal
3: miner's glove involved. And uh, there might have even been one other, it's like gimmick <laughs> after gimmick after gimmick. <laughs> Wait, so what, what, can
2: you <laughs> drill in on the tuxedo uh, part? How, how can you have a question? I don't understand how there could be a question. tuxedo thing, so... That
3: evolved in the late 90s into the evening gown match where they would have hot ladies pull their, each other's okay. clothes off. Honestly, the first that person... one makes
2: more sense. Where where was the yeah. part like, well, I've never wrestled in a tuxedo ever, <laughs> but we're, we're going to wear tuxedos and you got to take it off Yeah, me.
3: I don't know where that... All right. Would, like, <laughs> All right. That seems to have been the mysterious beginning.
2: <laughs> is, well, we're going to wear tuxedos and rip them off, I guess. It originated with the minor community that when you were down in a mine, you would wear a tuxedo down there, that was...
3: Uh, A classic, what WCW in the late 90s became infamous for is blank on a pole. Uh, Sometimes it would be like, oh, in in the old days, like brass knuckles on a pole. First person to like Uh. climb that pole and get the brass knuckles, they can use them legally. Uh But uh, in WCW, they started just putting everything on a pole. It was like every week there's a blank on a pole match culminating in Judy Bagwell on a pole. (laughs) Buff Bagwell's mother was put on a pole. I don't know and how what? they were using <laughs> the, the match as a weapon. I don't know. I have
0: not seen that, but that is uh, that's infamous. Oh my god! I'd
2: love if Buff Bagwell didn't know that that was on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he comes out and he's like, "Wait, what's this?" What stuff? The? this I like to think of him watching it at home from home, and he's like, "Hey, mom, you see that?" Mom, what? What? what the hell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not even involved in the match for some. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's, he's just her in first. Yeah, somebody. just watch him from home.
3: <laughs> uh but wcw my favorite types of gimmick matches wcw was uh in the early to mid 90s did so many stupid silly like giant construction things yes this, this is exactly what i want the the tower of doom i believe uh or maybe it was called the doomsday cage uh i think i think the, this one is the tower of doom where it's like imagine a you know cage match and it has like the roof of like you know chain link fence kind of roof mm-hmm. on it but there's three levels of that and <laughs> they have to they do this thing where like it's it was Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and this is pre-NWO so they're both still good guys they're both still just classic you know uh White meat babyface, as they call them. <laughs> um, those two versus basically every bad guy in existence: <laughs> Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and a bunch of other people, including two people who had never even they'd never even been seen before. They just brought him in. Okay, uh, just two like giant muscle dudes. One of whom uh, is. Was a tiny Lister from oh, yeah. you know from the yeah. movie Friday? Oh, tiny Zeus. Yep. He, he was Zeus in the WWF briefly. Yep. 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 And then he they he was he wrestled here in this one single match as Z Gangsta. <laughs> the other guy played Bane in Gangsta one of means the nineties uh, Batman. <laughs> yes. But he played Bane in one of the nineties Batman movies. Uh-huh. Uh And he initially they were going to call him the Final Solution. And then the people who, can't, who made that decision had to be told what the final solution was. And so then they're like, oh, shit, we
2: can't use that. You can't use that.
0: So then they called him the ultimate solution. Okay. You find this. So Grant's telling the story about this, like, seedy business that's, like, you know, all about, like, these back deals and, like, you know, like, uh. Uh, pulling the wool over someone's eyes and not, not necessarily being as scrupulous as you'd like. And it's like, we can't call it that. So you know the core... <laughs> there are limits yeah. even for yes. us. The core is pure at some point. Yeah. Like
2: Even they yeah. were just like, wait a minute. So all right, after after the surgery, then Hulk Hogan comes out, and now he's not Hulk, he's Hulkacost. No, 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 no. I'm gonna have to explain why you can't use either Hulkacost, the final solution.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
2: Laban's Ram. You can't say Hulk <laughs> needed more Laban's yeah, Ram yeah, in the yeah. ring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep.
3: Yes. Uh, but one more one more crappy WCW gimmick match. I think this one was called the Doomsday Cage. <laughs> Uh, And it was a big cage. It didn't go around, like, the ring apron, like, right up against the ropes. It was around, like, where the barriers are. So you can go outside the ring a little bit. But it was a big cage. And it was, like, five good guys versus five bad guys. And there's a bunch of, like, weapons and crap in there. And so they're beating each other up. And, like, ten minutes into the match, an electric chair is lowered (laughs) down into the middle of the ring. (laughs) And... It turns out the stipulation of this match is first team to strap an opponent to the electric chair and throw the switch wins the match. First team to execute an opponent wins the match. Murder and you win. Oh, that's great. Abdullah the Butcher is like a he's trying to get Scott Steiner or Rick Steiner into the into the, the chair and Steiner's are good guys. Abdullah the Butcher, surprisingly bad guy for a <laughs> name the butcher. <laughs> yes, of yeah, course everybody
2: is. loves your local butcher.
3: And so Cactus Jack, also bad guy, goes over to throw the switch, and so his back is turned on what's happening, and he's like gesturing yeah. to the crowd like, oh, I'm gonna throw it and Uh he's doing that for like five minutes as the guys (laughs) behind him continue to wrestle and they end up like reversing positions and so Mm Abdullah the Butcher gets strapped in and he has to pretend that he's sitting there with his arms right on the chair so that they can strap him in but like, oh, I'm trying to get out but I'm totally cooperating (laughs) clearly (laughs) because this has not been thought through at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
3: And so then Cactus Jack finally throws the switch thinking he's winning the match but really he's losing it for his own team. And then Abdullah the Butcher has to mime getting electrocuted as he just sort of like f- flops around in a chair cartoonishly, uh, and then of course he gets up and walks out of the ring. <laughs>
2: He's that not dead. Ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh boy, but yeah, that's there's lots of uh, lots of WCW silly shit like that.
2: Hey, I think that's probably a good place. Yeah. Uh, there, there. It seems like we could do we could do this again. Somebody else can call dibs on. Uh, if you don't have a topic, we can all <laughs> ask Grant more questions. Um, there are so many stories. This is the Reading Rainbow moment where if somebody wants to check out more wrestling stories, um, as I said, there's tons of shoot videos, but some people are full of shit. Grant, who who is somebody who is maybe more full of shit than others and who is maybe a better source? Um, or like, you should go and check this.
3: Well... Greg Gagne wasn't really a wrestler I think he wrestled a little bit but he was more of a behind the scenes guy but he is a hundred percent full of shit he uh-huh, he okay. invented every single thing. He made every great decision that has ever been made, yeah. and he made it just like yeah. in, at a whim. Someone just came up to him and was like, "Hey, what what should we do?" Well, we should just do this. It's like, "Well, there's <laughs> yeah. a just I'll just invent the car," and then he invented the car. And like, <laughs> well, like, I was like down that.
2: in Texas, and uh, you know, I, I was talking. I had to go see the doctor, and it was Dr. Pepper, and I said, "You should make a soda." <laughs> I invented Dr. Yes. Pepper, and, I, and yeah. I
3: told him exactly what to do. And look, I don't want any of the credit. No, I'm just telling, and that's <laughs> he, it's always. Comes off as like, hey, I don't want any of the credit, even though I'm claiming okay. credit. And he, yeah, he's a Greg term. Garnier. full yeah. of shit. Fun to listen to, perhaps, because he's full of shit. Yeah. But yeah, he's full of shit. Okay, uh, Arn Anderson is a is a truth teller, and you can listen to him.
2: Okay, and uh, any other source that if you want to go check out uh there's a stories? million.
3: There's a million sources. <sighs> okay,
2: only free legal advice podcast. You Yeah, come here. Right.
3: Listen to every, you know, whatever, whenever we do another one, if we do another one. Otherwise, this is your only episode that you ever listen to. <laughs>
1: it's the only story you get. Yes. It's up to you, the fans. Uh, little Captain Travis, uh, Grant is obviously a font of useful information. <laughs> uh, things, one of those words is incorrect. <laughs> all things related to uh, wrestling. What are your questions, Uh let us know, email us. We can uh, uh, run them through the, the uh, run them past Grant's uh, encyclopedic wrestling knowledge. Uh, email us at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail.com. And to check out uh,
2: Corey's promo video uh, for his upcoming match against the Million Dollar Man, uh, head on over to
1: Instagram. Uh, you can follow us there. We're free legal advice podcast. And like Grant always says, the best place for shoot content uh mm-hmm. just nothing but straight shoot follow us uh on twitter at free legal pod
0: yeah and if you like the show and you can't remember exactly who it is that fell through the top of the cage match <laughs> that one time grant knows grant's gonna know instantly it's the guy with the leather mask he'll know ask mankind. him mankind thank you that's an even crazier story than anything uh i think oh, yeah. that was mentioned yeah. here oh yes so, crazy. yeah episode two strap the fuck in we're gonna talk about the cage match
1: yes <laughs>
3: Uh, bonus story really quick here because Matt was talking about gimmick matches bonus
1: story in the mid
3: 2000s uh, Shawn Michaels had come back to wrestle he had to retire for years because of uh, injuries but he got better things uh, worked out and he was able to come back Uh, and he also in the 90s and 80s was a notorious horrible shithead and everyone fucking hated him (laughs) except for his couple close friends Uh, and he would say that too he would uh, co-sign what I'm saying but he found religion and became very religious. Oh boy. And in the mid 2000s, er, he had a tag team match Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon, two bad guys, against Shawn Michaels and God. <laughs> <laughs> God um, was represented by a spotlight. Like they just shined a spotlight. Oh, shit. <laughs> And guess oh my who won God. Vince McMahon of course won the match <laughs> Oh
0: no way Yes of course he beats God That makes him a bigger heel of course <laughs> I worshipped that on pay per view I
1: remember oh, it Oh wow
2: Yes uh, He beat God I can just remember uh, when Fit- Finley was trying to put God over <laughs> <laughs> God God couldn't remember his spots. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah Very clumsy
3: Classic. classic, 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 a classic bit. Episode
0: 78. President Jerry Ford, I like the sound of that.
3: But he's like, well, I mean, my name is Leslie Lynch King Jr., but I've got to, (laughs) President (laughs) Gerald Ford, that's really got a nice ring to it. It's a lot lot tougher. That's his name. (laughs) Lynch King? (laughs) Leslie Lynch King
0: Jr., Leslie, maybe you could give up the pimping game and become president.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what else is he doing with that name? Come on.
3: Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> so I'm reaching for some fudge when a cane that's, like, bedazzled <laughs>
0: comes down and slaps my hand out of yep. the way. A bejeweled cane. Yeah, Leslie, you said it yourself. You said this isn't
2: easy.
3: <laughs> maybe
0: take president it down a step. President is
2: ain't easy. Huh? How do you president
1: get Detroit Fats. I like the sound of that. (laughs) So let's, um, I did not know this. I want to just pause and acknowledge that President Gerald Ford's actual name is Leslie Lynch King Jr. Yeah, Lynch King is one word. Nope. Or he's, in flag, he's, man. Man. he's the Lynch King. <laughs> Leslie Lynch King.
2: No one undersells the Lynch King.
1: <laughs>
2: right. he got a mention. Ford dealership and he changed his name to promote it.
1: <laughs> Why is oh, no shit. one coming down to Lynch King Autos? <laughs> I mean, people made a big deal about uh, Barack Hussein Obama. That's that's no Leslie Lynch King Jr. That's <laughs> <Yes>, me. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, it sounds like a prizefighter well nickname. In the South. I mean, this- <laughs> so it was when he converted to Islam, he changed his name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gerald Ford.
3: Now we're now we're there. We've come full circle. This is Grant's topic. Yes, this is, that's the Grandpa Simpson story. He converts to Islam. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he used to be Leslie Lynch King Ford back in the day before he converted to Islam <laughs> as a part of the Nation of Islam and goes by the name
0: Gerald Ford. Well, I knew him when he was pimping. His mama called him Lizzie Lynch King Jr. I'm gonna call him Lizzie Lynch Lynch King
2: Jr. Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Turn internet over.